When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another Anfield Index special. Yes, ladies and gents, it's Media Matters. And yes, it is the international break, but no, we are not going to stop talking about the Reds because there is plenty to discuss. And almost, as they say, stick a pin in it. Look where we are so far, have a bit of a review and even predict a little bit of the future as well. So I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by the renowned and the respected David Lynch. David, how are we? Yeah, good. Yeah, looking forward to the international break being over, to be honest. It's, it's nice to have a bit of a change sometimes from free weekends, but also a lot less to write about. So looking forward to it starting up again. Yeah, I could well imagine. And Christ, does it start up next weekend, eh? City away. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, we thought we'd ask you sort of a, a mix of questions about how you've seen the season so far. We've had quite a lot of questions from listeners, subscribers that we want to put to you as well. And also a little bit of prediction shall we say into the future because we've got some players coming towards if not the end practically of their contract so plenty to talk about in this one ladies and gents so I mean want to jump right into it the season so far I mean if we kind of just put a, a pause on it and look now we'd say we're in second place we're just behind City we're in the quarters of the Carabao the only league defeat we've had is rather contentious let's put it that way as well top of the Europa group so there's a lot of positives to that good start. And almost rewinding, I don't know if you're, do you remember who you predicted as potential player of the year when we had the the original chat just before or about the season was started? I know I'm testing your memory a bit there. I have genuinely got no idea. So you did tip Dominic's a Bosley early <laughs> days, which, which is, to be fair, you've got a horse in the running, let's put it that way, at this stage, definitely. I suppose one question that, that quite a few list of subscribers wanted to ask you being honest, who would be your player of the year right now if the season finished and any honourable mention, shall we say, as well? Yeah, I, th- I think if I was to pick one now, I mean, I, I could just back myself and say it was Sobers Lie, but maybe, maybe not. I think he's had a good start, but maybe not player of the year because I just think there's been a few other performers in there who've done really well. And I think, you know, it's hard to look past Mohamed Salah, isn't it, in terms of the, the numbers he's putting up and goals and assists. And I think, you know, there are there are honourable mentions there in terms of, I think Alisson hasn't dropped his level again. I think he's been phenomenal. And I think Virgil van Dijk looks looks firmly back to his best. And as I say, Sobazai is, is in there as a player who's really impressed in this early part of the season. But I think, 
goal scoring and creating is the the hardest thing to do on a football pitch. The, the you know that's why strikers are so expensive and the you know such valuable commodities. And the fact that Mohamed Salah is is doing that all again and and, and putting up these ridiculous numbers, I just think it's you know you, you can get too used to the fact that he does this um, and, and almost dismiss it and think, well, you know, yeah, he's just held his level. But Van Dijk's back. It's like, well. You know, Mohamed Salah has just been consistently putting up these numbers over the past few years, and we, we shouldn't forget how incredible that is. And, and, and I think if you start talking about Player of the Year, it should always be the one who's doing the the hardest job on the football pitch. And, and Mohamed Salah has been doing that over this this start to the season. Yeah, double figures, goals, assists already, and it's funny that Liverpool tend to do well when that's fine. Of Allison, Van Dijk, and Salah play well. Funnily enough, things tend to to fall into place, shall we say, in that regard. So. Fingers crossed that keeps going. On On the other side, the young player of the year, it's an interesting one because when I look at it, it depends how you define young. So we kind of went sort of 21 and under, which probably rules like, you know, the likes of Curtis out. Any distinct candidates or honourable mentions again, would you say? Yeah, but I, th- I think if, if Harvey Elliott qualifies for that group, and I think he, he for me is the the obvious standout. I think he's, he's taken big strides this season. Um, you know, I, I think... There were some question marks over him last season, which I thought were incredibly unfair because the team wasn't playing particularly well. But I think he he learned an awful lot last year. And I think if you, you watch Liverpool's games and, and, and didn't think there was a player there, I, I think, you know, you maybe want to be questioning your own ability to judge a player because I, I just think it was obvious that, you know, I just think there were signs there that he, he's just he's just a top-class footballer and he's going to be very, very good. He's going to play a lot of games for Liverpool. And he's seeing more consistently now the sort of performances he's, he's capable of putting in, you know, all that talk about him not being a midfielder. I think there are certain games still where I, I wouldn't want to throw him in. I think there's away games where it's going to be quite physical, which I still don't think Harvey Elliott-type games. But I think... He's still taking huge steps in terms of there, there are more and more games now where he's able to sort of really stamp his mark and, and, and make an impact. And I just think, you know, that some of his performances off the bench have been absolutely crucial in turning games in Liverpool's favour as well. It just shows he's, you know, he's a, he's a good student of the game. He watches from the bench and knows exactly what's needed. And I just like the way he plays football and the fact he, he works his socks off as well. And he's that sort of archetypal sort of fan on the pitch, isn't he? Um, you know, so re- really like, you know, enjoyed seeing him doing well. Uh, and long may it continue. There's still still steps he can take, and he can still get a lot better. I think there's a you know he's got a really high ceiling and, and and some work to sort of get there. But I think you know everyone can see that he's he's taken those big steps this season. I've been really really impressed by him. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the the cameos on the bench and Kukwansa as well as the other one that's coming into the equation. Yeah. I mean, it, it's difficult because we never want to be negative at all about players. But quite quite a few subscribers are asked: Is there anyone you'd like to see? I don't know how we put it, maybe go up a level or just sort of get back to what they were. Anyone that may be harsh to say, but been slightly disappointed with at all this season? Yeah, I think I, I think on this one, you know, it, I, I've been a big defender of him and, and I do think he's playing better than most people would say, but I'd still say there's probably more to come from McAllister. I think, you know, I think when Liverpool sort of strike that balance a little bit better in midfield around him. So it's not it's not all on him. I think it's that Liverpool is, you know, need to, create conditions for him to succeed a little better, which is where, you know, finding that balance in midfield or or just, you know, finding some combination that that, that protects him a little bit better, not leaving him as the last man on, on set pieces. That is just stupid and, and setting him up to fail. 
Um, so, you know, I, th- I think that there's a lot more to come from him. But again, I, I don't think he's been poor by any means. I think his performances have been kind of underrated, actually, in some some elements. And um, I just think there's a really hugely talented player and we can see, but we can see a little bit more from him. And I think, you know, when it all does click, and I, and I think it will, because I think he's incredibly talented. And I think Liverpool do tend to find balance as a team as seasons progress. That's been a, a hallmark on the clock, really. Um, I think we will see more from him, and I think by the end of the season, everyone will be saying that you know even more so than they already are that 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 feed thirty five million was a, an absolute incredible bargain. Yeah, especially in today's market, and fingers crossed we we do get to see like saying it, it is normal role at times as well. The there's quite a few you could probably rattle through with this because the good I mean the great news is I mean we score bucket loads in certain games. You got big goals, last minute winners, all sorts of things. Has there been a like a favourite goal for you this season? Be it like whether it was the the strike, what it meant, team goal, anything like that at all? I think I think my favourite one so far. I did look through these and sort of the, there, are, there are some absolutely unbelievable goals. I think one for just pure technique. I really enjoyed Sobers lie against Aston Villa. Just the left footed, yeah. just a brilliant control of the strike. You know, just shows how, how talented he is. He can strike it off of both feet. But I think I settled on as my sort of my favourite. Really, I think Nunes' first one against Newcastle. You know, the second one it means more in terms of it, it wins the game. But I think his first one is a much harder, a much harder goal to score in terms of the angle is not as favourable. He's really got to put it in the corner, um, and he just wellies it. And I just think that you know that is 100% a chance he would have missed last season. And and so to see him put that one away, I think showed you again that he's a player who's making big strides this season. Again, still got a bit more to go. Still want to see a little bit more from him, actually. Probably mentioned him in that conversation. I think he can still, you know, cut out some of those cities he's missing, but he's, he's, he's all-round players has come on leaps and bounds. And I just thought that goal really typified it, really, the, the coolness that he showed and and just the technique to absolutely hammer it home in a, in a big moment in a game that Liverpool had been hanging on in at times. Um, I thought that, yeah, that was, that was, that was probably my favourite. Yeah, he probably last season he could have well the touch could have gone out of play, all sorts of yeah. things, and right, right in off the post, absolutely perfect strike. And is that would you say your best moment of the season so far, or did you have anything else that you're thinking like that's been the best moment you've seen for Reds? Yeah, I, th- I think the Newcastle win was just massive, wasn't it? Because I, th- I just think what it what it said really actually about where Liverpool were at in terms of I thought. They did really, really well when they went down to 10 men, con- controlled Newcastle in a way that they probably hadn't done with 11 men. Uh, you know, Newcastle had had chances in that game and then all of a sudden when it went to 11 v 10, Liverpool just shut the game down completely and, and, and with the side were actually looking a bit more threatening out of the two and I just thought, you know, to come away with that win and, and, and at Newcastle who would have been, you know, a 1-0 up in that game and, and Liverpool get Van Dijk sent off, are probably thinking... This is our chance to make a statement. Last season wasn't a fluke. We're here. We're going to finish in the top four again. We're going to keep Liverpool out of it. These guys, and then Liverpool just, you know, it ended up being an opportunity for Liverpool to make the statement. And the statement was that, you know, actually we are back. This is, this is a serious team again uh, that can, can grind results out in, in, in this way. We can, you know, we're, we're not down when we lose a man or we're, we're a goal down away from home and a really tough place to go. And just showed that they were a really serious football team again, and I think that sort of set it's 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 laid out the mindset for the remainder of the season and, and everything that's followed since. And what's been a really good start has been, I think, that Newcastle game was a was a big moment in terms of the mentality. So, uh, yeah, I think that that was probably my my, my favorite result and, and, and best moment overall to to come away from there with the three points was was huge, really. Yeah, I agree. It almost felt like that was the sort of 
setting the bar for coming back late. Even Luton, we were always still in the game right till the death. That just sort of set it all. So, yeah, unbelievable. That was amazing. But there is some honest predictions we're going to get from you. So our guys, our subscribers and listeners, they have asked us to, to ask you specific questions. So we'll get straight into these. So the first one, which I thought I'd read this wrong, but it's not. I assumed we were going to be asking you who you think would be top goal scorer, but all our listed subscribers are pretty much nailed on Mo Salah, understandably. So the question that's coming from a lot, who's going to end up? Because there's a few in the running for this as Liverpool's top assist maker, do you feel, at the end of the campaign? Yeah, so again, a few names in there. You know, Nunez has really stepped up in that regard, hasn't he, recently? Salah's still putting up big numbers there. But I think the sort of the, the dark horse maybe is Sobber's lie. I think his sort of expected assist doesn't quite line up with what he's actually got in terms of assists so far. So I think we could see a flurry from him and he, he could really be in contention for that because his his creative numbers are, are exceptional. And I think he, he maybe he's I think he's got a couple of assists so far this season. But I think in terms of what he's actually been creating chance wise, he probably should be a little bit higher than that. And that's obviously not on him. That's on people putting the chances away. Um so I think he'll be there and thereabouts, but I still think still think it's hard to to look past Mohamed Salah. I just think he's in around the box so frequently He's setting up Nunes constantly. You know that 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 combination is is really exciting. And I think Salah is, is is so good at putting the ball on the plate, and Nunes is is so good at getting chances that I think ultimately he will be the man who comes out on top in terms of in terms of making the most assists. I mean, things kind of slowed down from him in terms of making assists after a really good start to the season on that front, and he hasn't yeah. got them as much recently. But he's, again, his creative numbers are still right up there. So I, I just think in the end, because he's on the ball so much in dangerous areas, I think Mohamed Salah will probably end up with most goals and most assists, which again. You know, you talk about player of the year and uh, uh, I'm sure he will, you know, he, he should be up there because I, I think he'll finish top on, on, on both regards there. And, and that just shows you how crucial he is and how good a footballer he is. I suspect the same, especially if Darwin starts even tucking away half the ones, the simple ones that he makes him if that clicks. Yeah, the numbers will go crazy. And we know it's going to be Salah number one, but the other question that came in, who were your two and three for top goal scorers? How do because there's a few in the mix now as well. You know, even Jota's currently second. So, how do you have that by the end of the season? Yeah, I th- I, for me, I think Nunez will probably end up finishing second with goals. Or uh, you know, if he if he lives up to our sort of expectations, I think he will get there. I think I, I put a comment on one of my own YouTube videos and. A few weeks back, I think saying that I thought he could he could possibly get 25, 30 goals this season, and I, I stand by that. I think I think Nunez, you know, the chances he's continually getting, and I think he's showing a bit more coolness in front of goal and ability to put them away. Even though the one he he, he side foots in against Brentford, I, I thought it showed, you know, it, it's offside, but he shows great composure to finish that chance. I really, I was really encouraged by that. I want to see more of that from him, and I think we are seeing more of that from him. So I think I think Nunez with the ch- just the sheer amount of chances he gets and the fact he's He's probably the nailed-on centre-forward at the moment. I think he will finish second to Salah in terms of the goal scoring. And third, you know, there's there's so many contenders there. Liverpool are stacked, aren't they, in that forward line? And, and they're even getting a few more goals from midfield with, with the likes of Sobers line. But I, I still think it's hard to look past Jota. I think of, you know, you've got Gakpo and you've got Diaz of, of being contention there and they, they will score a few goals this season, hopefully. But I think of those three, Jota is the, the more natural goal scorer, the one who gets goals and... And I, and I just think it's hard to look past him being in that top three because I think he's just a 
he's a deadly, deadly finisher, you know, arguably the best finisher out of all the forwards, yeah. maybe. You know, he maybe doesn't get as many chances as Mohamed Salah, but I think he's he, he, when you got him in a one-on-one situation, the one I'd probably most expect to slot it because he's so good on both feet as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, it's going to be Salah, Nunez, Jota for me. Yeah, especially, it almost seems Jota, the more absent he is during the game, the more likely he is to score as well at yeah. times. So, yeah, it has been an awesome season so far for them. It, I don't know what happened with our listeners, but it got a bit darker as the question started to come. <laughs> the next one, this will be interesting. How many games will we see from Thiago Alcantara by the end of the season? What does your gut tell you? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope a lot. I, you know, I... I, I really want to see him have a really good run in and be a big part of it. Um, and, and even if he can play, and, and, and this is my hope, is that he can, if he can play 20 games between now and the end of the season across all competition and play them at the level that we know he can, that would be a massive contribution, you know, to have a midfielder of that class come in for 20 games across all competitions, no matter what what that ends up being and, and where he ends up playing in that midfield and, and who he's partnered with is is an interesting one. We don't actually know what that will look like, Thiago, in this midfield. You know, did he even put him in the, the holding role and try that? Did he, did he put him in that left side? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm quite excited to see how that works and hope we can, we can see him soon. And, and obviously the idea is that He'll be back in the new year. And, and yeah, I, I really do just hope he can... We've seen, you know, he's had injuries during his Liverpool career. There's no denying that. And it, it's been difficult. But I think, you know, he has had stints where he's been fit for long periods. That has also happened. So, it's you know, people are talking like it's absolutely impossible to imagine that he would come back in new year and, and then be fit till the end of the season. But that, you know, he's had stints like that before. So, you know, I can, I can very much see that happening. Like I say... I don't think he's going to go back in and be in the first choice midfield, really, because I think in terms of future proofing things, I think the manager will want to stick with what he's got and the players he knows are going to be here next year. But I think he could play, like I say, 20 games. And I think if you get that out of him, he could make a big contribution to Liverpool winning trophies this season. And I, I really hope we see that because he's, he's an absolute class act that the injuries aren't his fault. You can debate whether he was a good signing on that basis or not. But I think there's no denying that when he gets on the pitch, he's a world-class footballer. And I, I want to I want to see those 20 games. I want to see what he can contribute because I, I just really enjoy watching him. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, God, I think if we get 20 games from Tiago, we take that deal right this second, snap the hand off for it. So yeah, fingers crossed we're near that, definitely. And this one is, is almost really asking you to be Mystic Meg from the list of subscribers, but... 
naturally, I'm sure you, you knew this would come up with quite a few coming towards the sort of the end, the year, the last year, all that type of thing. Not that we're asking you to specifically predict who will sign, but who were you expecting that it'll break or in talks or more developments will happen by the end of the season? I'd be amazed if something doesn't move on the trend front soon. I just think, I think we spoke about this before, but I just think it's, it's something's got to give there in terms of, you know, Liverpool won't want to run it this late. I don't think there's panic around it. Like I said last time, I don't think it's a situation to be worried about, but I think you've got to see movement on that soon just because of the timings of things. Nobody wants to get to 12 months out. Um, so, I'm, so I'm hoping to, to see some movement on that because I think out of anyone who's in that period where they're coming up to sort of close to being the end of the contract, he's the one you most want to see signed up. But he's also the one that I think there's probably the least panic about because I think both club and player want the same thing there, which is which is for him to stay and be a big part of it and ultimately go on to be Liverpool captain. So I think that's the one that, you know, before the end of the season, we'll, we'll you know, you'd hope to see movement on, I think is most likely. Do you think, because the, the big one that, that's coming up as well from, don't say panic, I know the Salah headline's always going to be there with Saudi, but the other one the list is asking about, Van Dijk, would you expect any movement or would you predict there'd be any movement, should we say, by the end of the season on that one? Because he'll have a year left in the summer. Yeah, I think they could possibly run that one slightly closer, and that'd be one that gets sorted in the summer, maybe. Because, but but again, I think it's a it's one where I think Van Dijk himself would think that this is a good place to stay. I don't think it's you know at this stage of his career. I think you know, and Liverpool are reluctant to give out contracts to, to players who are of a certain age. But I think with Van Dijk, the level he's performing at, the fact that centre halves can go a little bit longer in terms of you know they're not doing. You know they're not doing as much sprinting around as maybe centre forwards maybe do, and and, and you know that experience is always a crucial part of the game as well. I think and Van Dijk showing no signs of real physical decline either. So I just think it's one of those where you you, you almost make an exception in the same way that they did around Salah in, in terms of giving him the biggest contract Liverpool have ever handed out to a to a player the other side of thirty. I think you know I think Liverpool will see that Van Dijk is in that mould of, of being good enough to sustain this for a few more years yet. So. I think that's one that, that that will get sorted again because I just think they'll know that he can be a big part of this squad for going forward uh, for the next few years, even though he's he's at that age where you you maybe think you'd start to see some decline. I still think Liverpool can get a lot more out of him, and I think you know he's extremely happy at Liverpool. He's the, he's the team captain, just been appointed recently. So yeah, I don't I don't see any worries on that one. I think that's one that probably will get resolved as well. Yeah, which I hope so, especially, especially that pairing of Trent and DVD. If we can get those renewed or at least in talks, movement by the end of the season, everyone would be happy. And probably there was a, there was a bit of prediction element from the, the listeners and the, the viewers on this one as well. I mean, that, that's answered those. Thiago and Matip, they're the ones naturally in the, the last part of their contract. Are you, is your expectation this will be a full, passionate, you know, respectful goodbye? There's no movement there. Is that what you think will happen? Yeah, I'd be amazed if, if either of them signs new contracts now. I, I just cannot see that at all. I think with Thiago in particular, obviously, this is a, an injury hit end to his, his Liverpool career. Matic has, has kind of come out of that and, and is looking back to his best this season. He's been he's been brilliant. But again, his age and injury history, centre-half, we know, is a position that Liverpool have sort of had a look at in the last couple of transfer windows as well. So they're clearly getting ahead of that and, and, and think that's something that they're going to have to, to do, an area they're going to have to do something in. So I'd expect both of them to, to leave on freeze this summer. Um, you know, Matip in particular, what a servant he's been. I think a, a phenomenal free signing. Um, you know, people talk about James Milner being the best free signing in the club's history. I think... 
Joe Matip genuinely should be in and around that conversation in terms of as close to the, you know, the contribution he's made to, to Liverpool in this period where they've won so many games and won so many trophies. Um, just a, a masterful signing. But, you know, he's been let down by his body at times. And I think that's only going to get worse as, as, as he gets older. And I think you've, you know, he can manage his games in seasons like this where all four centre-halves are fit, but I, I suspect they would like someone younger and, and, and more robust to come in and take his place. And I think it's the right time for everyone. Um, but yeah, so, so I expect both of those to, to leave on free transfers, but both made big contributions, both been great players. Um, but yeah, just, they're just not on that Van Dijk and Salah side of things where you think you can go one more contract. I just think the injuries are big contributions to that and, and they will both leave on, on free transfers. Yeah, it will be interesting because I, I know you talked about this when we obviously speaking in the summer that Liverpool in the summer were looking at that sort of younger fourth possible fifth choice, you know, coming in. But obviously the the quantum situation, everything's developed by them. It, it is an interesting one if you've asked about that with Matip's injury history and it's unfortunate conversation to almost have in a way, Gomez has got that and almost we're bringing in Canate now with his injuries, muscle strains and that. Do you think, and we're not asking you to nail your colours to the mask on names or anything like that, but does the profile of centre-half change at all, do you think, this summer? Do you think it will move to a more starting, as in a more robust, someone with experience, or do you think it will be, again, another sort of fourth, fifth choice? Does that profile change for you at all, do you think, with the injuries and the profile we've got at the moment? I still, I still think, you know, the, the profile that was sort of being bandied around over the summer was someone who was sort of, you know, 22, 23, played at a de- which is, you know, played at a decent level, but ready to sort of take the next step, which is, you know, the, the, the profile really that Liverpool sign in when they're looking for someone who's come in and, and start games consistently. So, you know, I don't think they're going to want to bring someone in or look to sign someone as, as just a, you know, a fifth choice or a fourth choice backup. I think they're going to sign someone who can compete to start games. I think that's the plan. I don't think it's, you know, oh, this person's going to come in and just sit on the bench all the time. They want someone who's genuinely good enough to, to start games, which I think, you know, you look at Matip, although he's ended up being in around that third, fourth choice for a lot of the time recently. He's a quality, quality centre half. Like you know, you can see that in the games he started this season. He hasn't let Liverpool down at all. He's been, he's been brilliant, really, and I, because he is brilliant. Um, so Liverpool want a, a, a Joel Matic type who, who's just a little bit younger, really. It's you know, you, you want someone who's good enough to to start sustained periods of games. And you know, if, if Matic was doing better in training than Canate, he would be the, the the number one nailed on starter. I don't think there's any sort of decision made when the player's signed. I think it's you know who comes in and, and does the best, and you know the, the Liverpool will know that they probably need that that fourth centre half and uh, an additional one when Matic leaves because I think you know yes, Quans has done really well, and I expect him to keep continue getting games because I think he's done incredibly well. But he's still the young player. I think you need that stack of options, particularly as Canate and Gomez do pick up injuries as well. So you know Liverpool just need to be strong in that position. They, you know they need as many starting midfielders. Look how stacked they are in in the forward areas as well. You know it's it's just about having a mix of options who are good enough to start games regularly and that you know that's why Liverpool needs to sign someone so I don't think it's it's signing someone to be that 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 bench warmer I think it's signing someone who can can come in and, and be as good as Canate can start games can challenge can you know can give Van Dijk a rest from time to time Yeah we'll be interesting to see who they target and we will come on to names because I'm sure you've no doubt every name that's been linked has been flown or thrown in should say by our our viewers but the big one, and probably this this will be difficult to sort of answer unequivocally. People are looking for the reassurance, though. The Salah situation, 
situation are you expecting does your gut tell you this is is it clickbait or do you think the Saudis will revisit the situation in January probably rebuffed by us but are you expecting this to sort of kick off shall we say again in January uh, there may be some noise around it and some threats to come in with a bid in January or maybe they will come back with a, with an actual offer but I think it's just, just unrealistic to expect Liverpool to let him go in the, the middle of the season when it's going to be as difficult as it was to secure a replacement very, very late in the summer. You know, Liverpool won't want to be dipping into that market in January. So I just think, I think the Saudis will know that that's just a non-starter. So there might be some noise about it, but again, it's not something for Liverpool fans to worry about. You know, this is something that if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen at the end of the season. And if, you know, if even then there's a debate to be had, does Mohamed Salah want to go there at this point of his career when he's still putting up the numbers and, and playing as well as he, as he is? I, I suspect Liverpool will be more open now to giving him a, a new contract for a couple of years. Um, and I think the player himself would maybe think, is it worth me sticking around when, I, when I'm playing this well at the highest level of football? Uh, you know, to, to, to give that up now would, would, would maybe be a bit of a mad decision. So that, that debate will be interesting and see how that goes. And uh, But yeah, not one to think about in January at all. And let's see what happens before the summer because I think that could get, a, you know, that could be a really interesting one because I think I was very much of the mindset that last summer when, when they were rebuffing those, those offers that that was the right decision and let's just see how things stand in the next summer. I was just thinking, well, it would be nailed on that he'd go, Liverpool get a decent yeah. fee, they can reinvest it. Now, with the way he's playing, I'm thinking, you know, maybe not actually. Um, you know, maybe they would be open to that, that new contract. So it's a, it's a really fascinating situation. But as I say, I think the one thing you can rule out is that he'd be, be going anywhere in January, even if there is going to be noise and threats of bids. Yeah, rule that out. Fingers crossed. And I mean, speaking of players moving, I'm sure you, you've seen the, the flurry of rumours because it's getting towards that time, isn't it? So January or December when it really starts rumour-wise and I mean they're, they're coming in from all over at the moment but the, the few that have been sort of singled out is naturally the Andre situation and I know you've updated us on that that the expectation is we've almost moved on so to speak there's other clubs looking there but other names from South America it almost seems like the door to that market's been open so I'm probably butchering these but I think it's Lucas Baraldo at Sao Paulo and Moscardo at Corinthians are you hearing anything around the South American market? Because those are a couple of names that just keep being repeated now. Yeah, so I, I can say on these ones, Beraldo, I don't know anything about, to be honest. I've I, I not heard anything about that or that name um, in terms of being linked to Liverpool. Moscardo, slightly different. Uh, uh, maybe, you know, I, I, I've been told by, by someone I would trust that, that Liverpool are one of the clubs that are sniffing around him and, and having a look. Obviously, whether that becomes something concrete, we don't know. No Premier League club is currently leading the race at the moment. I think there's a few that have taken a look and, and it would be one. It's a, a deal that looks like it could be done in January. Whether Liverpool think that it's worth biting on him. I think he's only 18. Is he ready at the moment? I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm no scout of players. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud there. But, um, you know, maybe other clubs will be keener to take that risk in January than Liverpool would. Maybe he's not quite where they would think but you know we'll, we'll have to see but I, but I know Liverpool have looked and, and like him and have been in touch with his representatives but whether that becomes anything is a, is a totally different matter um, you know it's not one where I would be sort of nailed on yeah Liverpool are going to go for him in January because they like a lot of players they're in touch with a lot of agents that's just the game so I know you know it wouldn't be absolutely crazy if Liverpool were to move from him I wouldn't be completely shocked because I know there's been some contact there but it, equally I, I, you know it's not one that I'm nailing on that, that Liverpool are desperately looking for, for reinforcements in that area in January anyway. I, 
I'm still sort of at the mindset that, you know, that they're okay for numbers at the moment. And I, I, I still, I don't, I don't personally believe that, that January is going to be busy for Liverpool. And I, I you know, I, I think there would be justification to that when you look at how they're doing squad wise at the moment, you know, desperately need work to be done there. But um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I think that the, 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 the Brazilian market, you know, just South America in general, actually, that, that Liverpool are being linked a bit more strongly with, with those sorts of names, I think. And they clearly are doing a little bit more work there. Um, now because it's not it's been a, a market you've kind of neglected recently and I think you know other clubs have got some really good bargains from there and, and really good players have come straight in and look good so um, interesting that they're, they're looking there but as I say not not something I'm massively expecting for January to be honest Yeah it will be interesting I think it, it, it's got all the hallmarks for different reasons of being a, a quiet January and the only couple that that would be mentioned or told to ask you about closer to home almost uh not a strange one, that'd be wrong to say, but Archie Gray, that came out in quite a few articles there, didn't it, from, from Leeds, their teenage midfielder. And then I think it's Aynori at Wolves, the left-back. That's the other one name that keeps coming up. Anything you believe in them or do you think is that clickbait? Uh, the Aynori one, I, I don't understand at all. Um, I, again, probably a, Liverpool, a player Liverpool watch and, and, and like, and he probably shows up quite well in the numbers because I think he's really, really good and I think he could play for a top club, but it just doesn't make sense for Liverpool to sign him. Um, you know, Andy Robertson is, is their nailed on starting left back and they've, they've just signed Costas Simicus to a new deal. So unless they're now three months later, massively regretting that, which I just doubt is true. I know he did a couple of poor performances this season, but he's like, just is a solid backup left back. I feel like I speak about this every week, like I'm his biggest fan. Um, but it's almost, you know, he just he just is the level required to be a Liverpool backup left back. Um, and I really doubt that Aitnori Nori wants to come and, and, and sit on the bench behind Robertson. This I, I just can't see that. So um really good player, but not not someone I expect Liverpool to to pursue, to be honest. Um and Archie Gray. Uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting one because um, it was a little bit of a certainty in some of the reports around him. Again, you know, absolutely, I imagine he's a player that Liverpool like and I think he would make the move, you know, at some point, I think he's going to want to make that jump to the Premier League, particularly if Leeds don't, don't get promoted. Um, so, and I think Liverpool have shown in recent years that they, they do look at that sort of young talent, uh, young English talent, don't they, and, and try and, try and poach them when they're at a certain age because that's yeah. sort of a, a market that particularly post-Brexit is quite important really because they can't sign these Europeans at the age of 16 like they used to be able to, like these, your likes right. of Stefan Bajcetic or Mushilovsky. Uh, they can't make those signings anymore. So the sort of domestic markets become more important. And, you know, you see Fabio Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, really good examples of that. And so Archie Gray, I absolutely would, would imagine is, is, is on their radar. I just... Again, you know, the certainty that was there in terms of it, you know, Liverpool are going to sign him almost. Uh, that surprises me and I don't think things are that far along. But I, I think if, if Archie Gray is to move in the summer, I, I, yeah, I suspect Liverpool will, will be in the mix or at least interested in, in, in keeping abreast of, of developments there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially players with that talent playing at that level. And I know you wrote about this. The final one I sort of wanted to put your oh, question to you around the transfer situation is almost coming back in, shall we say, because Fabio Carvalho, you mentioned there, I mean, he's gone to Red Bull, there was a lot of fuss. I mean, as you wrote, we've talked about, when that first happened, they were trying to do it as a permanent deal, weren't they? They were really pushing hard. And since he's gone there, I mean, the minutes are practically nothing in football terms, aren't they? So, it, it might not be doable, obviously, we don't know the full 
in terms of the contract. But do you think there could be a situation where Liverpool might be thinking, this is wrong for us, wrong for the player, let's get him back and get him out on loan again, so to speak? Do you think that is a feasible situation? Yeah, so when I was writing that piece, I was trying to find out whether Liverpool have a, a recall clause or anything like that. And I ultimately couldn't couldn't sort of unearth that information. That happens sometimes when you're digging for stories. But I think um, I think even if there isn't, I just think, you know, so even if Liverpool don't have complete control over whether they're able to recall him or not, I still think, you know, even Leipzig would say, this isn't working for us either. You know, there's, there's no point in us paying his wages for him to sit on the bench. For Liverpool, they've got an asset just stagnating there. He's not getting the minutes he needs to develop. He's not increasing his value if Liverpool were ultimately to sell, or he's not making the point that he should be in in Liverpool's squad because he's you know with his performances he's not he's not making that point out there. So, and the player himself won't won't be happy with that situation either. So it's just a situation that both clubs and the player nobody is winning. So you know I, I just think in January if there's an opportunity to rethink whether there's a recall clause or not, it doesn't really matter. I think we can all sit down as adults and say this isn't really working maybe bring him back and whether that means, okay, stick around to, to train with, with Liverpool or whether we can secure another loan. I, you know, I, I suspect a, a, a secondary loan would be better if, if possible. If, could, if Liverpool could get him out on a loan, it would, would, would work out a bit better for him. Um, one where he's more likely to get game time and, and, and can get that sort of guarantee um, then that would be good for him and, and good for the club as well because I just think yeah as I say no, nobody's winning in this situation at the moment and it's just it doesn't look like it's going to get any better either so uh, hopefully there's a, a rethink in January and they can revisit that sit down and, and, and find a better solution Yeah it, it would make sense because it just doesn't seem to sue anyone and I mean the, the final one speaking of January a lot of people are naturally looking for developments on this and you probably know this is going in especially because Max Ebel is you know out of work but everything you're hearing is still geared towards Jörg Schmatke for January trans exact same setup nothing sort of developing there at all no I, I, I'm not hearing anything on the sporting director from maybe that you know I think I've said it before on these podcasts that maybe the the the, the, the feeling is sort of Liverpool get an appointment done for the summer. I just think because Jörg Schmack is still, he's still attending games. We're still seeing him around and about. So he's still obviously fully fulfilling that role. Um, you know, I, I believe it. I think he signed a, a year contract when he, when he signed for the club. I, I don't think it was talk of a three month uh, contract initially. I don't think that was ever true. So I think, I think he signed signed on for a year. So he's, I think he's fulfilling that contract. I think he's doing the job. I think if anything is to happen in January, that York Schmacker will be the one who oversees it. And then Liverpool will maybe revisit things and, and decide whether they, you know, maybe even want to extend his contract or whether they, they look elsewhere and, and look in the sporting director market and see if they can, they can make an appointment there. But I think, yeah, I would expect York Schmacker to, to, to oversee the, the January window. Yeah, which is not too far away. So I won't bombard you with the 8,000 other names we were asked, but those are the, the sort of latest. And the final question that we're asking everyone on podcast this week, because it is the 10-year anniversary now of Anfield Index. There's a, a musical pod series we've got coming up. So as a regular match attender, I know you're smack bang in the press box centre there on the main stand. So maybe you've got a good view of it. What is your favourite song on the cop that you hear on match day? Because we have a lot we're talking about that around the grounds or where you go to the normal places, pre-match drinks, but in the stadium, what would you say is your current favourite that you hear from the press box? 
Yeah, we're not allowed to join in with the songs, and apparently that's unprofessional. Uh, but yeah, I've got definitely got a few favourites. I actually thought uh, the other day when uh, when the cops started singing, "We love you, Tierney." We do. That really did crack me up. I thought that was fantastic. It was a really good example. I thought a really you know one of the, the the newest examples of sort of the the, the humour you get from the cop and just how you know that that was a classic sort of cop moment for me. But I think in terms of favourite songs, I, for me, I think Paul Scouts or Tommy. I just think. Is so you know historic and and it goes back so far. I just when that starts up, I, I really I just love it. I think you know you you think of the people who stand on the cop now who sing that, whose parents, whose grandparents stood in the same spot and sang it. I just think it sort of gives me tingles really uh, to listen to it. So yeah, absolutely love that. Yeah, there is a there is a few. It will be interesting to see who our listeners vote for. But all it really leaves me to say as normal is thanks for your time, David. It's much appreciated as ever. No, thank you. Good stuff. And ladies and gents, that was another Media Matters for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.